We got this. Good morning. Welcome to Reality Check Podcast with Charles Jackson Jr., co-host Jay Gonzalez. What's up, Jay? What's going on, Charles? How we doing today? Oh, man. It's one of those days for me. A lot going on, man. I, I hear you, man. I, I, I walk in. It's a roller coaster emotions. You're like, good news, bad news, everything in between, man. It's, it's like you said, it's one of those days. Yeah, it's definitely one of those days, man. And it's raining out, too. So, uh, you know, that's... That's killing my mood. But anyway, um, a couple different things I want to talk about this week. Um, I think last week uh, we talked about at the end of the show, talking about women being incarcerated um, at a high rate right now. Yeah. So um, I wanted to touch on that a little bit. And then I kind of want to talk about what's going on in the stock market. Yeah, man. No yeah, problem. Yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, I'm, don't, don't get me started, man. That's that's right up my alley. Um, I'm I'm excited for it. But uh, yeah, I know you sent me this article. It was last week. We're gonna speak about it, and then we just, you know, just went off the top. Had a great show last week. Uh, you know, shout out with Steph, right? Yeah, Steph, shout, man. Mm-hmm. Steph came. Shout doing. out to Steph. Um, but the article was uh, prison and jails will separate millions of mothers from their children in 2022. Uh, it's almost some homage to Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, related Mother's Day to everyone out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this article talks a little bit about you know this mother, this Mother's Day in 2022. There's going to be a lot of individuals or a lot of mothers that are going to be incarcerated. Uh, one of the statistics off this this article is 58% of women in all prisons are mothers, uh, and it's just something to just kind of bring light light to. Um, so just under six out of ten women in, in prison are mothers, and I think that's a pretty dramatic uh, statistic. And it almost shows to why there is a lot of broken households growing up with, uh, you know, not only fatherless households, but you know, on the flip side, with motherless households. And, and that definitely has impact on on you know the youth growing up, even you know young adults growing up. So uh, I'm just gonna turn it over to you. Have any you know thoughts about this? Yeah. Um. Man, I would be crushed if my mother went to prison when I was growing up. I know that would have absolutely mm-hmm. crushed me. Yeah, I don't, I can't really, I can't even really put my finger on what's happening, why more women are going to prison. Um, I think as men, like, I think we kind of, we set the tone mm. years and years ago. And I feel like, you know, there's a lot of women finding, following behind some of the things that we did, you know, different ways they watched us get money, um, you know, just certain characteristics that that we started to have from being in that life. And I, I, I think them being around it and seeing it on us, right, uh, led them into that. Right. And and just to piggyback off what you said here, right here in the article it says uh, most of these women are incarcerated for uh, drug and property offenses. Mm. So it just shows. Almost to seeing like the example being set, whether it's appropriate or inappropriately set by you know the man or the the household you know lead or what have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, say dad goes to prison, now mom thinks you know they have to step up. So more than likely they're going to be doing the same thing, you know their significant other did to go ahead and 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 you know bring bring the bacon home <laughs> to yeah, for lack I of mean, better terms. You know what I mean? And, and you know it, it seems like to me that. You know, when you're in the drug trafficking trade, like it's mm. it, it's real simple. 
you know, it's like, you know, it's all about, you know, having the connection to get it on the low so that you could sell it to someone else. Yeah. And a mother in the background just watching that and paying attention to that, um, you know, I could see how, you know, that, that might influence certain people. Correct. And then I see here, you know, how incarceration and life after incarceration hurts mothers and their children. I mean, I think the obvious thing is it hurts the children a bunch not having mom in the house and mm-hmm. similar ways to, you know, not having dad in the house, you know, mm-hmm. uh, right here, it lists a bunch of different things that, uh, you know, kids typically fall into without having a mother in the house. It's traumatic loss, more mental health problems, anxiety, loneliness, anger, depression, uh, less stability in the household, you know, greater, li- greater likelihood of, you know, acting out. Uh, and that goes to, you know, having the attention and, and, and things like that. Uh, and, and these things go hand in hand for women that come out of prison trying to get used to coming home, not having to worry about whatever they had to worry about in prison. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, the article's a good read. It's really interesting. Yeah, it is. I, I, I didn't finish the whole article, but, you know, I was basically trying to make sense of why this is happening. You know, um, that that's just that's that's the the question I have in my head as I was reading the article is why are so many women um, like turning to this life? Uh, and I well, this is just an opinion here. I, I think it has to do with the the lack of uh, a man in the household. And now instead of the woman having to do just her part her part she's doing both parts parts, right i could see that you know and and just as you know i mean you have kids like it's not an easy thing raising children you know especially you know single parent on either end if you're the single mother single you know father what have you there's a lot of responsibility Responsibility, yeah and i kind of i guess like what i was trying to get at where like the mom watching um you know the, the father um like i think it almost becomes easy for them to like pick this up and 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 then the the work that has to be done it's like the easy way out so i think part of the answer is probably like they're they're just taking the easy way out yeah i mean it, that's that's with a lot of things though i mean our our generation i should say my generation more more than yours we're all looking for the the quick come up you know the quick uh, the quick money the fast money and there was something I saw uh, online the other day. It was, uh, you know, fast money comes with slow problems. Mm. And I heard that and I was like, wow. So, you know, just to, to unpack that a little bit, you know, fast money comes with slow problems. You're going to have, you know, oh, I'm making all this much money, but what's the cost of it? Yeah. What's the risk of it? The consequence. Exactly. The consequence of it. So, you know, you might not get caught today. You might get caught tomorrow, yeah. maybe 10 years down the road, but those slow consequences eventually and inevitably will come, will come. Um, and, and when I heard that, it, it almost, you know, opened my, my, my mind up to a bunch of different things and, and just kind of reflecting on, on some of the things that I do in my personal life and what I see in, in you know, the conversations we have and, and the research we do when we, you know, prep for the show and stuff like that. And, right. and uh, you know, I just think, 
it's we live in a world of right now like we need it now opposed yeah. to you know building the career working the way up so on and so forth yeah. um i don't know well, well it's just you know it's sad man it's, it's sad to think about you know yeah. women going to prison like that okay um the other thing i wanted to talk about was the market yeah you know I'm, I'm i'm looking at the market you know i get alerts on my phone mm-hmm. I'm, I'm seeing bitcoin went up five percent today uh, tomorrow it's down five percent um and, and just you know other different stocks are it, it seems like the market right now is um is shaky yeah uh you know the the market in whole is very emotional you know i would say this is an opinion right now you know the mar- the market's 50 60 70 percent driven off emotion momentum um, so when people feel nervous about things, you're going to see the market react the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we hear this big word inflation, you know, every day, mm-hmm. uh, we hear, um, supply shortages. We hear this, we hear the market doesn't like instability. And right now we're in a period of high instability in the United States mm-hmm. and being Americans, I don't know whoever you're from, but in America, uh, we live in a very stable society. There isn't much change. Mm-hmm. So when the market sees change happening, especially financially, it reacts dramatically. Um, oh, we were talking about this a little bit before we got on, Charles. Uh, you know, a quote from Warren Buffett is, uh, be fearful when people are greedy, but be greedy when people are fearful. So um, right now, everyone's freaking out. Everyone's, you know, dumping their shares. Everyone's dumping their currencies or whatever equity or, or asset class you're in. Um, and according to Buffett's rule, it's, you know, hey, maybe this is the time to double down in some positions or, or get into the market. Uh, by all means, I don't ever recommend timing the market. It's mm-hmm. been proven to or statistically proven not to perform better than the long term investments. Um, but yeah, man, I, what kind of questions do you have? Like, what do you what are you trying uh, to figure out? You know, uh, for me, it's like I'm I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at trying to maybe add some more things to my my portfolio. Right. And I'm just looking at where do I want to go? And mm. you know, there's a couple different things that that caught my attention, but it just seems right now, um, I don't know. There's just there's so much going on. Like I said. Um, Gas prices for for a diesel truck right now, I believe, are six six twenty six twenty nine. Six twenty nine. So, um, you know, when I look at that, um, I, I think about how you know the prices of a truck driver paying for gas is gonna come back on the consumer. Mm-hmm. So, um, I just look at that and I just think like, you know, things are uncertain right now. Correct. And like I had mentioned before, uh, market doesn't like uncertainty. It likes the known. They don't like the unknown. Um, to just kind of bring it back to like historical data, we've seen you know a big unknown right after the Roaring Twenties, big crash. Well, I think was there a crash in '86 or '87? There's one in 2000, one in '08, one in the flash crash of 2020. And, you know, it's not, 
is it going to crash? It's more like, when is it going to crash? So essentially, I don't want to be fear-mongering, like, oh my gosh, the world's ending. But the market works in cycles. It's a cyclical market. So if you know anything about the business cycle, you have startup growth, uh, expansion, and then maturity. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see the market move in in cycles. So we're going to have a big growth stage, a maturity stage, maybe some expansion, and then it's going to readjust. It's going to reprice itself. And then it's going to go through it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see it statistically so, throughout history. So there's a market adjustment that I think is coming. Would you agree with that? I, well, I think it's inevitable. I mean, we've had the longest positive growth in you know economic GDP since, in history really. It's been the most consecutive quarters. And I think that ended when 2020 happened, uh, Q1, 2020, Q2. Uh, don't quote me, but I believe it was, it was in 2020 that it was the first quarter that we didn't expand. So since 2000, actually I'm lying, in 2008, after that big dip, you know, with the housing market, we've had ex- continuous expansion, what's that, been 16 years mm-hmm. of continuous expansion, you know, the steam engine's going to get hot and it's going to get overwhelmed. You know, it's not sustainable to be growing at that pace. So mm-hmm. we're going to have adjustments and right. we might be in an adjustment period or a correctionary period. Um, I hope that's how, what it is because... It gives people an opportunity to get in the market. Under first, understand before you buy anything. You know, do your research. But sure. needless to say, it gives you a, an opportunity to buy some things at discount. Right. Well, I mean, I'm just looking at everything like the the, the interest rates. Um, you know, for buying a home, the mortgage mm-hmm. interest rates they went up. Um, it was a good time. They they were pretty low. Um, maybe 18 months ago. Yeah, Something it was like a, that. You know, I've seen them as low as like two percent, like two and a quarter. I saw two, two and a half. Yeah. Um, now I think our thirty year at some institutions are five and a half. Yeah, fifteen is four and a quarter. Yeah, so um, you know, I've seen that. Um, you know, of course, the gas prices. I'm sure everybody's mm-hmm, looking at mm-hmm. that. Um, and then, you know, the gas prices, like to me, like that plays a big part in in the retail. Uh, industry because you know everything comes on a truck yeah most yeah and you know like those prices are going to be inflated into um into the consumers you know who who buy these goods Mm -hmm. like we're going to get like the (laughs) the sooner or later like the price well they're already going up but it's like it's gonna it's not even going to make sense for the truck drivers to to, to haul these goods at these gas prices if, if things don't go up. So the, the prices are definitely going to go up on everything. And, um, you know, we're, I feel like we're, we're at a spot right now where, you know, we're, we're, we're holding on. Mm-hmm. And, like, just, just to make things more expensive is going to put stress on a whole bunch of people. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean... For, for those of you that don't really understand how inflation works, people think that you know things just go up and there's no reason why things go up. Um, typically, there's a natural rate of inflation. It's anywhere from two and a quarter to three and a quarter, three and a half percent. Uh, I think the last data was 7.8%. So that's a lot more than two and a half percent. What's that? Three times maybe, you know, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, so obviously, it's a little bit more out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, just to give you guys like a historical <laughs> economic lesson quickly, um, 
when 08 happened, when I always refer to 2008, it's the market crash, the mortgage crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, when that happened, uh, you know, the United States were like, how can we put a Band-Aid on this and recover? So what they did is they added this thing called quality or quantitative easing, mm-hmm. which is they slashed the rates, the interest rates that we always hear about, mm-hmm. basically to zero. And it was supposed to be a temporary fix. Mm-hmm. So when money is really cheap, so when I say money, when interest rates are low is the cost of money. So when money's super cheap, especially for a long period of time, add that with $1.3 trillion being added into the money supply with all the COVID care reliefs, mm-hmm. it's a perfect storm for inflation. Mm-hmm. So we have really cheap money. Now we add more of it. Hold on, let me stop you right there. So when you say really cheap money, are you saying like the the dollar is losing value? I let me let me rephrase. So the cost of money at least in finance is what the interest rate is tied to it, the borrowing cost. Mm-hmm. So if I can borrow $300,000 for a house for 2%, that's a pretty cheap you know, rate, right? right? It's a pretty low rate. But now, if that same mortgage, three hundred thousand, cost me seven percent, the cost of money is expensive. Mm. The cost of me to borrow that mm. is seven percent. Mm. That's a lot more. And what does that do? That stops people from wanting to borrow. It, exactly. Right? So it slows the money supply. So basically, what they're what the the what the Fed's going to try to do is increase rates to slow the, the spending. The spending. So when we see cheap money like we saw plus free money like the helicopters dropping stimulus checks to everybody mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so we have cheap money plus free money that's a lot more people have more money in their pockets and they're going to spend mm-hmm. when they spend and buy more items mm-hmm. plus with the shortage mm-hmm. we're not going to have supply so when we don't have supply guess what happens we have to raise prices to slow down the purchasing mm-hmm. so that's base is a perfect storm mm-hmm. it was literally like the perfect time essentially to for all this to happen whether it was calculated or not, that's, you know, for your conspiracy theories to go ahead and figure out. But, you know, needless to say, you know, the, the reason why the Fed is increasing rates is to slow the spending amount, make things, make the cost of money more expensive. Mm-hmm. That's why mortgages, you know, roughly five and a half percent, 18 months later, yeah. you know, so <laughs> it's double the amount, the cost of buying that same house. Yeah. For that same mortgage now costs you double on an interest rate. Yeah, I had a buddy of mine I was just talking to the other week, and he was out house shopping, and I was like, "Wow, man, this is a bad time mm-hmm. to be house shopping." Um, but you know, life goes on. People are still going to shop. Money's still going to be spent. Sure. Um, I know with these gas prices, it's making me want to walk certain places, <laughs> and, and it's me, also man. making me want to invest in a bicycle. Yeah. You know, I'm not even a lot of you. But, yeah, man. Um. You know, just to, to circle back on that, that housing question or that comment, mm-hmm. you know, just to throw you another, you know, funny quote, if you want to call it, um, you know, everyone says, when's the best time to buy a house? You know, everyone says, oh, the best time to buy a house was 50, year, 50 years ago mm-hmm. and the next best time is now. Mm-hmm. So for all you realtors out there, you know, I heard that from a couple of realtors, but mm-hmm. um, basically they just say, hey, look, with any asset, generally speaking, you know, the right time to get involved in something is typically today. Obviously, if you're financially stable, like you have your bills under underway, you have an mm-hmm. emergency fund, you're you're set and stable. Mm-hmm. Um, in that case, then you can go ahead and try to get into certain asset classes. Classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't do that unless you have 
your your ins and outs. What I mean by your ins and outs is stable money coming in and affordably paying your debts and your liabilities, your rent, whatever, insurance, mm-hmm. um, down appropriately before you even think about investing. Because mm-hmm. I know we talked about you know, the whole crypto slide, there were some, some positions that went from $80 to a penny in this wow, past man, that's week. crushing. That and, is. you know, people have been cr- getting crushed. You know, there was an article I saw, a guy had like $400,000 this specific position. And, you know, he had attempted, you know, the inevitable or the uh, unfortunate mm-hmm. um, because of that. And it's a terrible thing, but it almost circles back to, don't put yourself. Don't put money into something you're willing. You're not willing to lose, um, and don't put your money without one learning what you're doing before you do it. So, uh, it's not saying it's his fault or it's you know you know good for him or bad for him. I'm just saying like use that as an example to understand before I go ahead and do something. Let me understand what I'm doing before I go ahead and blindly put money into something. Right, right. Yeah, no, I'm sure he did his homework and everything. It's just. You know, I feel like um, sometimes, you know, a person is ready to take that step and they don't want to wait anymore, you know, Hmm. you know, and and sometimes it ain't, you know, it it doesn't make sense for them to wait. They they rather, you know, do it at this point, Uh, even though interest rates and things are high. um, I don't know. I think. He was saying there's a lot of good programs out there that are helping out with, with closing costs and stuff like that. Yeah, so, oh yeah, I mean you know, maybe it maybe it evens out. You know, right. There's a lot of uh, you know the first time home buyers. There's a lot of grants and stuff like that. If you make a specific amount of money or mm-hmm. under, there's you know some uh, state grants that you can get that'll help cover the closing cost. Um, you know, obviously, you can pull money from certain places to cover you know a down payment. There's a whole bunch of ways to get into a home. Obviously, you have to understand and do your homework because mm-hmm. arguably buying your house is going to be the most expensive thing you do in your life. Biggest purchase of your life. Correct. You know, you can buy a car, 20, 30, 40, even 50,000. That, that's nothing compared to a quarter million if you're going to buy a house or a half a million or a million dollars if you're in New York or on the West Coast, you know. Yeah. Uh, but a million dollars can't even get you a shed in the West Coast. So, oh, <laughs> well, I mean, there's some brownstones up in New York that man, I was just surprised just looking at the the, the value of some mm-hmm. of these brownstones. Um, what else did I want to say? Um, yeah, I, I, I think you know I want to do a little bit more research on um, different things uh, in the market, like. I, you know, there was a there was, it was a while back that I was looking at penny stocks. Yeah, and you know, I bought a little bit just to see how it was going to work out. Right, and um, you know, I I don't I don't think I um, I don't think I did enough research to really to understand what what was going on with with the penny stocks because I kind of went in and then pulled my money out and right. just like left it alone. <laughs> but uh you know there there's definitely more that I would like to educate myself. I'm sure there's yeah. some listeners out there who want to educate themselves more about um just like with it being this type of market right now with you know how you explained how it's just well we're in a bear market so we're in the bear market cycle so when i say which bear, is time to buy right uh if you believe in buffett's role you know be greedy when people are fearful but be fearful when people are greedy mm-hmm. you know maybe this is a buying opportunity mm-hmm. but 
you know, Buffett always says, you know, buy things that you are going to use. So for example, if I'm a person who buys Coca-Cola every day mm -hmm. and I don't foresee Coca-Cola going anywhere mm -hmm. and it's a good that I think it's going to continuously being strong and stable, mm -hmm. maybe I just buy Coca-Cola stock. So the products that you use, he was saying more right. than buy those. Yeah, yeah, I mean, people, I mean, obviously you don't have to follow his rules, you mm -hmm. know, through and through, but there's a lot of different perspectives. Um, you know, when you look into the company, you want to go ahead and look at your expectations for the company. Do I expect for, let's just use Coke, to expand their uh, their product line and go into different markets? Mm, I don't know, they've been a long, around a long time and I think they have, their basis is covered and I think they're a mature company, mm -hmm. but that's my expectation. I don't think it's gonna triple in value in the next 10 years. It may you know, grow slowly but surely, four or 5% over year over year, which is still a great return, mm -hmm. but you know you have to understand where you're putting your money you know single stocks are a lot riskier than etfs and those are you know mutual funds there's a whole bunch of different kinds of uh options to get into that diversify your positions but uh that's that's another conversation for another day <laughs> that's a yeah. lot a lot to, to to unpack well um i guess that's pretty much all I had. Yeah, I mean, for those of you that have questions in regards to the market or want to learn what cryptocurrencies are, how to make some money on sliding markets like we're in right now, a bear market, there's always ways to make money in the market. It's just being educated and understanding how to do so. Uh, I do have an Instagram page. It's Level Up Finance 4. By all means, go ahead and reach out uh, on that page. I'd be more than happy to sit down and, and have a conversation. Um, we're gonna have more more content coming out on there um, but to wrap it up essentially on my end is don't panic you only <laughs> you only uh, you only lose money when you sell that's what uh, Buffett says and he's uh, considered to be the godfather of all investing so he's got almost a hundred years in the market so so Buffett's saying don't panic I've been here before exactly I mean think about it like <laughs> He's been through every market crash, <laughs> so he's been there before, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, for those of you that are interested, again, Level Up Finance Forum on Instagram. Feel free to reach out. I don't know, Charles, if you have anything else. Um, yeah, just visit the website, realitycheckproject.com. Um, my book is out. It's titled, Was This Fate? Mm, and basically, uh, everybody enjoy your weekend. Um, stay safe out there and God bless.